0: Hey guys, Dr. Childs here. Today we're going to be talking about vitamin B12 deficiency symptoms, but we're not going to stop there. We're also going to be talking about things such as how to test for it, and then we're also going to focus on what to do if you have low levels or think you do in the form of supplementation. And this is one of my favorite things to talk about for one very important reason. I consider it to be a really easy win for patients if they have this condition, because if you treat it, you can feel, you have the opportunity to feel better, feel a lot better very quickly. So let's, to talk about this discussion, Let's get out my whiteboard. Now you know things are serious when we get out the whiteboard. Let's start with the symptoms. So I have a list here, and we're gonna go through these one by one, and we'll break them down so that they make a little more sense to you. Because as you'll see, there are many symptoms on this list that have overlap with a lot of other conditions. And we really wanna focus on B12 deficiency. We wanna try and tease out um, the difference between the symptoms associated with B12 and other conditions. So number one, I would say the most common symptom that people have if they have B12 deficiency is fatigue. Fatigue, so low energy. Now the fatigue that you see in B12 deficiency is different from the fatigue that you see in some other conditions. So sometimes you might have throughout, now this is throughout the day, so we kind of have this little little graph here. Now sometimes you might have fatigue that kind of comes and goes like that. So you know at times you have a lot of energy and at times you don't and so on. It kind of goes up and down, it's a little bit cyclical. The fatigue that you see with B12 deficiency is low all the time. It really doesn't change. It's just a constant low fatigue throughout the entire day now this can also be associated with weakness but these two things are different even though i put them together fatigue is like you lack the the desire or not the desire but you just don't have the energy to get up and go whereas weakness is something a little more sinister it means that even though you may want to get up and go, you're not capable of doing that because your body is actually weak. You may be feeling puny and your muscles really just don't have the strength that they would normally. Now, this is a little more serious than the fatigue, obviously, because it's more of like, it's on the spectrum, it's a little bit farther. And so if you have weakness, it's probably a sign that your B12 deficiency is a little more advanced than if you just have the low energy. But I would say in terms of symptoms and the amount of people that have fatigue, I would say that's very high up on the list in terms of the symptoms associated with B12 deficiency. The next one, number two, is weight gain now weight gain again can be associated with a lot of conditions so just because you have weight gain doesn't guarantee that you have b12 but how can you differentiate them well the weight gain associated with b12 deficiency tends to occur even in the face of doing healthy things so let's say you're eating healthy let's say you're exercising at least somewhat regularly and you're still gaining weight that's an unexplained cause of weight gain and that's a serious problem but obviously if you're gaining weight because you're just not eating healthy and you're just not staying active and you know that Well, you can't really blame weight gain on B12 deficiency in this case. And this is also why you'll see a lot of people use B12 um, as part of a weight loss regimen. And that's a whole other story. I'll talk about that a little bit later. But weight gain, unexplained weight gain, can be associated with B12 deficiency. Number three and number four kind of go together. So we have brain fog. Now, brain fog is really described as a condition where you're just a little foggy in your thinking. So whereas before you might have had really sharp thoughts, you might be able to recall the words that you're trying to recall, brain fog causes you to be a little bit dull. You're not you're not as sharp and as quick as you once were. Now this one can kind of go a little unnoticed because you might just think, oh well I'm just not as sharp as I was before or whatever. But it is a symptom associated with B12 deficiency because B12 affects your brain, okay? So that's really important. So B, brain fog can be associated with that. Now that kind of brings us to the next one which is depression. Now again, depression can be associated with a lot of conditions, but if you're having depression associated with brain fog and maybe some irritability, well that's, that goes beyond just normal causes of depression and that might be a sign that it's associated with B12 levels. But again, this sort of has to be depression without a really good cause. Because if you have a good cause to be depressed, uh, meaning something traumatic has happened in your life and you're depressed for that reason. Well, you can't really blame it on B12 deficiency if that's the case. So, but if you do have unexplained depression, whereas you've never really had it before, and all of a sudden you're just, um, you also are feeling a little irritable. You're also fearing, um, experiencing some brain fog. Well, then that may be an indication that B12 is not getting to your brain cells and that you might be experiencing some of these symptoms. Number five um, is numbness slash tingling. So this is more what I would call an advanced sign of B12 deficiency. And so people who tend to experience this aspect of B12 deficiency usually have pretty advanced uh, or low levels of B12 in their body. Now these first four here, these are what I call a little more sinister. Um, They can be associated with other conditions and they're usually associated with suboptimal levels of B12. But numbness and tingling tends to be associated with a really low level. Now, what can happen though is you kind of, again, kind of going back to this graph that I drew drew earlier is you can kind of have periods of uh, numbness and tingling that go away for a long time, maybe weeks to months, and it comes back. And if you sort of have this up and down numbness and tingling, then that may be a sign of a a, kind of a low grade B12 deficiency. But if it's all the time you're experiencing B12 or your numbness and tingling, that's a really bad sign. And that means your B12 valves are probably really low. Another one, tongue changes. Again, this tends to be associated with um, lower levels of B12 as opposed to these other top four, but you might get some lesions on your tongue, funny spots on your tongue, um, things like that. It can also potentially change um, your taste buds a little bit. So this would be a little more serious sign. Um, Number seven would be constipation. So it can actually change your bowel movements. Um, And this is probably related to its impact, B12's impact on other hormones in your body, but it can directly impact um, bowel movements and things like that. And then the last one we're going to be talking about is heart palpitations. Now, it doesn't really cause heart problems directly unless your B12 levels are really, really, really low. Now, that tends to not be missed by doctors. They tend to miss these things, but they don't tend to miss these last four, right? These are really serious symptoms. But what it can do is make you more susceptible to the sensation of heart palpitations. And that heart palpitation is just defined as you feeling your heart beat in your chest. Now, they're not necessarily dangerous, but they're not also pleasant, you know, so you should be aware of that. If you have heart palpitations from unknown cause, you definitely want to look at your B12, but don't stop there. You also want to look at things like potassium and magnesium, which are all really important as it relates to your heart. So these are the symptoms. Now, if any of you are listening to this and you might have one or more of these symptoms, then your next step is to get tested for B12 deficiency. Now you can do that. Good. You guys can see that over here. You can do that by ordering four potential tests. We're going to talk about these tests and why they're important. The first one is serum B12. Now, this is probably the worst test that you can get to test your blood for B12. And it's the one that most doctors order and that most patients ask for. Well, maybe they're not asking for it, but it's what they're getting. Now, the reason, and what's funny about this is almost all doctors know that serum B12 is a terrible way to check for the B12 levels in your body. They know this. In fact, in medical school, I remember answering questions on tests that said, how do you check for B12 deficiency? And the answer is you check something called methylmalonic acid. Now, what's funny is even though doctors know this, I, the, the recommendation is because that test is so expensive, if you suspect B12 deficiency, you should just treat with B12 um, using uh, shots or, or oral supplements. So that's what all doctors are taught. Now, the question I have for you is when was the last time your doctor ever mentioned B12 to you? And what's funny is even though that's true and that's what we're taught in medical school, that's not what doctors practice. So they always order the serum B12, which isn't accurate. And then they base all the treatment off of this value. And that's, that's really bad. So the only benefit that this, val- that this value gives you is if it's low. So if your B- serum B12 is low, then that can be helpful because you know that it's for sure low, but a medium level or even a high level is not helpful because that doesn't guarantee or mean that your B12 is normal. Now, the next test that you can get is something called methylmalonic acid. And this is a breakdown product of the B12 that you can actually order. Now, again, I don't necessarily think you need to order this because number one, it can be expensive and isn't necessarily covered by on your insurance. And if that's the case, then why order it? Because it's often cheaper just to supplement, which is why we're gonna be talking about supplementation in just a minute. But I do recommend getting that serum B12 for the reasons I mentioned previously. Now, having said that, there are some other tests that I do think you should get because they can offer you a lot more information about what is happening on the inside of your cells. And that's really what we care about. We don't care about the B12 that's in your bloodstream. We care whether or not your body is utilizing it and whether it's getting inside your cells and whether it's turning on or activating the cellular processes which make you feel better. Those things which produce energy, those things which help increase your metabolism, those things which help your brain function. That's what we care about. And we don't get that information from these two things. But we can get at least a little bit of information by ordering these last two tests because these help us understand how well your body is utilizing it. Now, the first one is called MCV. Now, we're gonna talk about it, but I don't want you to get confused because it can get a little confusing. We're gonna get into a little bit of the weeds here, but MCV stands for mean corpuscular volume. Now, you don't have to remember that, you just because all you're gonna see on your blood test is something called MCV. And you'll find it, it'll be hidden, but it'll be there. It's hidden in the, the thing called the complete blood count, or the CBC. And this is the test that doctors, let me just write CBC. This is the test that doctors use to check how many red blood cells you have and what your hematocrit is. So this is the test that doctors or check for anemia and they almost always order it. If you look at your yearly exam, it's going to be there. I, I can almost guarantee it. If you're a woman, it definitely will be there because of the high rates of anemia that doctors always look for. So look under there and you'll find the MCV. Now the MCV, what it, you don't have to worry about what it stands for, but what it means is it's, it's a reference to how big your red blood cells are. And the higher your red blood, higher your MCV is, the bigger your red blood cells are. And the bigger your red blood cells are, so instead of being like this, they're actually like this, right? And um, this is a sign. Better, better get rid of that. The, this is a sign that your blood cells are getting um, much larger, and it's a sign, an early sign of vitamin B12 deficiency. So check your MCV. You want it to be less than 90. Okay? Anything greater than 90 um, is is a risk factor for developing B12 deficiency. Now the last thing that we need to talk about is something called homocysteine. So homocysteine is another thing which can tell you about the metabolism of your B12. And what happens is if your body is not utilizing B12 efficiently, or it doesn't have enough, then your homocysteine will become elevated. And again, that's another important factor because it tells you what is your body doing? Is it actually using it? So I will recommend that you get an MCV and a homocysteine and a serum B12. I don't think you necessarily need to get the methylmalonic acid because it's oftentimes better just to treat it if you have it. And we'll talk about that next. So do get the serum B12, but don't trust the result necessarily. It's only good if it's low. The MCV, you want to be less than 90. Anything greater than 90 is potentially a sign of B12 deficiency. And homocysteine, you want that to be low. Uh, if, it's, if it's elevated, that's definitely a problem because elevated homocysteine is in, is associated with an increased risk of heart attack and things like that. Okay, so Treatment let's talk about what to do if you have the symptoms and you looked at your blood test and there's some some weird things going on so what are you supposed to do so the the next best step in my opinion is to use a b12 supplement b12 supplements are generally pretty cheap they're very affordable and like i said before in the very beginning they have the chance to help you feel better very rapidly and that's why i really love B12 deficiency and treating B12 deficiency um, as a physician because it's a quick win, it's an easy win. But there are certain things you need to know about supplementing with B12 in order to feel better. So there are basically three types that I say are approved. So these three are approved, and I'm going to talk about them, and then there's one that we do not want to get. Okay. So let's talk about the three that you do want to get. The the ones so we'll talk about all three. So number one is methylcobalamin. And cobalamin is the, the, another name for B12. So methyl is the thing that's attached to the B12. So we have methylcobalamin. Number two is hydroxycobalamin. And then number three is adenosylcobalamin. Now, what I'd recommend is if you're taking B12, you have to ensure that you're getting one of these three things. And the reason for that is simple. There are many people out there who have something called an MTF, MTHFR defect. And what this does is it limits your body's ability to utilize the B12. So even if it gets in your blood, it doesn't mean that you're activating it and your body can actually use it. So you need to be using these forms because they come pre-methylated and pre-activated. They're ready to be used by your body immediately upon consumption. Now, this is not true with something called cyanocobalamin. Cyanocobalamin, in my opinion, is... The really cheap, uh, it's the cheapest formulation of B12 um, and it it requires activation still. So you'll see a lot of really cheap supplements contain this cyanocobalamin instead of these three um, types of cobalamin that you really do wanna be getting. So ensure that you get these three and not cyanocobalamin. Yes, you probably have to pay a little more to get these ones, but it's still gonna be reasonably priced and the benefits, um, in my opinion, far outweigh the cost. So that's what I have. What I wanna hear from you though is whether or not you've had B12 deficiency. Have you used vitamin B12 in the past? Did it help you before? Leave your comments below because I think that you'll find a lot of people, if you're not unsure whether you should treat it or not, you'll find a lot of people have had great success with using B12. Also, I'll put a recommendation below in the description to the type of B12 that I recommend that you should get um, because I've had a lot of success with that as well. So if you have any questions, leave them below. And otherwise, I'll see you guys in the next one.